for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. You know, the plans of God are, are simply amazing. When he, he impresses it on your heart to get to know his plans, his thoughts, his ways, it's simply mind-blowing. And I can get up here and, and talk about how he's blown my mind, um, but the simple fact is, is that his ways, his thoughts, his, his ideas, uh, the way he loves us, the way he demonstrates that love to us is... Um, it's, it's, it's just amazing. It um, completely takes us out of our, our natural reasoning and understanding. And it also humbles us to realize that we don't know everything. Amen? Amen. It, it puts us in a place to where we stand ready, willing, and receptive to his instructions. Every moment, every day, every hour of our lives, because we know that He desires to make entrance into our minds, into our hearts for revelation, kingdom revelation. And um, my brother, he's not here right now, but Brother Pat, uh, who received the offering, he had been teaching on this book. This is from Brother Hagen. He went home to be with the Lord, I believe, in 2003. And the title of the book is How God Taught Me About Prosperity. Because when he, when he revealed, when he had this revelation, it wasn't widely preached in the body of Christ back in the 40s and the 50s. But he received it directly from the mouth of God. And I believe that he received it directly from the mouth of God. And when, when Brother Pat, he gets up and teach, and Pastor Tom's been teaching that, and, and to, to, to put it frankly, seek ye first the kingdom. If we're seeking the kingdom, that is prosperity, and then some. Amen. Okay, because everything we want, we need, we can think about, it's in God's kingdom. Okay. And God spoke to me on August 7th, of this year, you know, it's just an intimate thing, you know, fellowshipping with the Lord, communing with the Lord. And I, and I heard him say, uh, start sharing prosperity scriptures with your friends online. You know, touch on the scriptures that, that help change your perspective and how you see and know my plans for you. You know, Deuteronomy 8, 18. I have given, remember, it is I who have given you the power to get well, so that I may establish my covenant with you. It is I. It is I, the Lord. I do with this thing to establish my covenant because I know the plans that I have for you. And those plans are great. Those plans are wild beyond our father's imaginations and, and our dreams and our expectations. And I say that to say is that when I start doing this, people, of course, you know, the word of the Lord is going to bless people. It blessed me, and it's still blessing me. But I say that to say is that sometimes God will make impressions on us, and if we cooperate with what he's, what he's saying and doing, 
it's going to, number one, have an effect on people around you. And then also, it's going to guard them for the attacks to come. And you say, what do I mean by an attack? Well, weeks after that, there was a word released from a prominent man of God, a man who I love. And it came to national attention. And this man of God, he shared, he says, I have been feeling this way for quite some time. It's only till now it's being brought to everybody's attention. I renounced the prosperity gospel. So, once again, I'm not saying that to make anything of myself, but I'm just highlighting the fact that when God is moving on us, he's going to prepare our hearts and all the lives who are affected around us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So in the body of Christ, we have to get rid of this double-mindedness. I want this, I want that, and ask ourselves, what do you want, Lord? What is your will for my life? See, because there's, there's different kind of grace and anointing in the body of Christ. My grace largely has been in the priestly grace of the anointing. Okay, the prosperity comes from the king. Okay, the vision comes from the priest. The, the provision widely comes from the king. Amen. So in Revelations, it says that he has made us kings and priests. Not kings or priests, but kings and priests. So you have everything is residing in us. Everything that we need is in us because Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is in you. Yes, he came to the Jewish people. He came to Israel. He chose Israel. He set Israel apart. And yet, he chooses Israel. But he's talking. He had to start somewhere. Amen? Amen. Let me demonstrate this for you. Lock, lock hands with Joe. Just reach, reach around and grab his hand. Grab his hand. Joe, grab, grab Pat's hand. On and on and on, right? But that chain, it started with her. Amen? Amen. So he had to choose a person, a people, a territory, a land, make it established in the world because he knew one day people would be lost and they would have to find their way back. And in order to know God, the Bible says that you will find it amongst my people, Israel. That's why we can't boast against the root. Because we didn't bear the root, but the root bore us. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I will bless those who bless you, who honor them. Because God is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. He's foundational. So our father, he spared no expense when he gave his son Yeshua. He, sp- he held nothing back. He gave the best thing that heaven could offer when he gave Jesus. That's why when people go against the, the, the gospel of prosperity, they're like, what are you saying? Everything he did, the best he gave, he gave the best offering. Matter of fact, he used to, in, in the days of old, he used to have a problem with the priests when they used to offer uh, blemished sacrifices unto him. They were holding back. Uh, Abel had the same problem. And Abel became, not Abel, Cain. Cain became envious and jealous of, of Abel. 
because God had respect for his offering. He became jealous, envious, and then slew his own brother because his brother was in a place to where he knew what would bring God glory because he offered him his best. He offered him the best that he had, and God had respect on him. Because had God had respect, God had favor. God favored Abel. Cain became uh, envious and jealous and slew him. Brothers and sisters, don't become envious and jealous of your brothers and sisters who's God ha- who God has favored. And in his time, God is exalting that person because they believe the word of the Lord. And because they believe, they bear fruit. Some 100, some 60, and some 30, as Mark chapter 13 teaches us. The word of God works. Why do we think that he has a different plan for us? You know, he, his, his provision, his, his uh, plans for health for our bodies, our peace, are all in the crucifixion of Jesus. Isaiah 53 says, He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. That's what the word says. We were healed 2,000 years ago. Makes no difference what what report we get. We will believe the report of the Lord. We will believe the report of the Lord. Amen. And we will see our deliverance from a long way off. Because I look unto the, to the hills, for whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. All the promises of God are yes, yes, and amen. In him, amen. All the promises. He loves those from everlasting to everlasting to those who reverence his holy name. He loves us. With an everlasting love. He has performed a covenant. He has performed a promise with us. And he has established us in this earth to be strong. To be a strong tower. To be a stronghold in the earth. This is why in Luke 12, 32, he could say, It is my pleasure to give you the keys to the kingdom. We now have the keys to unlock the kingdom of heaven in the earth. He's given it to us. We have to be partakers of all of his precious promises. Amen? Amen. But he, he spared. He spared no expense. He gave the best gift that he could give. And I want to call this, this word that I'm giving. You can hear the voice of God. We have access to the voice of God because of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God gives us access to the voice of God. In Isaiah 53, again, it says that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. When Jesus Christ was crucified, they beat him. They hit him with the whip. And by the stripes on the back of his whip, by the blood that was shed for us all, by the beating, by the scourging, by the cat of nine tails, that blood provided our healing. But it also says that the crown of thorns or the the chastisement of our peace was upon him. 
That represents the crown of thorns that was placed on Yeshua's head. That is our peace. He suffered that. He didn't take the crown off, but he endured. He endured the beating. He endured the crown of thorns so that we would be able to live in peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding so that we may have joy unspeakable. Is there any mystery why so many people are are fighting and struggling with depression, anxiety, fear, torment? They got to see the promise on the cross that was provided for him. The The spiritual point of contact was the crown of thorns. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. They have to meditate on the promise. We have to meditate on the promise. Roll it over in our minds over and over again. Replay it. See it. Visualize it. Make it real in your life on a daily basis. What Yeshua has done for us. And before he could go to the cross, before he can endure such, such pain and, and agony and travail, he had a prayer life established where he could hear the voice of God. He had communion with God. And he encouraged others to have communion with God in the garden. Yes. But what did he say? He says, nevertheless, not my will, Lord, but your will. He prayed that if there's any other way, Take this cup from me, Lord. But there was no other way to deliver us. So Father spared no expense and gave his only son so that we would not have to live sick, defeated, depressed, full of anxiety, lack. He paid for that all. Though Christ was rich in heaven, He became poor. So what? So that we may become rich in all things. And all spiritual blessings have been provided for us. As my brother said earlier, John 10, 10, the thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the devil. That's the double-mindedness that we have to see. What the scripture makes a clear uh, description between the two. But I, but, but, but I, Jesus, Yeshua, Messiah, I have come that you have, may have life and have it more abundantly. It also says Zoe, Zoe life. You, we have the very life of God running, running through us. And so I say that to say that in my walk with God, I noticed at times I was double-minded because I wanted to appear like I was humble. And I want to share a little bit of book, about this book uh, from Brother Hagen, which Brother, uh, Brother Pat had graced us with, with this book, and it's, it's been a blessing. And I was just reading it the other day, and I, and I stumbled upon a part I thought it was so, it was, it was so funny. He says, uh, he, him getting it right from the voice of God. We were taught that if you're really humble, and you're poor, it's a characteristic of holiness to live on barely getting a long street. (laughs) 
way down at the end of the block, right next to Grumble Alley. (laughs) You know, that's how the devil lies to us. He can trick our minds with situations and circumstances coming against us, and then we lose our confession on what the Word of God says. He moves us off of the Word, and then once he knows he can do that, of claiming and standing on our promises and coming into agreement with the holy will of the Father, he knows he can defeat us. Our stronghold is broken. Because now we we have this double-mindedness and and we're confused. We're confused about ourselves. We're confused about what the will of God is for our life. We're confused about what we should say, where we should go, what we should do. Instead of being able to get in that prayer place and hear the voice of God like he did. And if you read this book, you would find that he had a conversation. It was about a whole conversation, how God said this, God revealed this, uh, revealed uh, 3 John 1 and 2. Beloved, above all things, my desire is that you prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. There goes that scripture again about the crown of thorns. Your soul has to prosper, your mind, your will, your emotions. It has to prosper before it starts coming out of you. And in my walk, I had to learn that. And thank God for Pastor Tom teaching that. What is the soul? What is the spirit? He tells you that, you know, we're a triune being. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a physical body. Amen? Amen. And the soul cannot override the report of what the Lord speaks for our life. The, word, the written word of God is the ultimate authority. And it, unless you have enough word of God to where you know the will of God, then you can recognize the voice of God. You can recognize the voice of Satan. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So God has called us to be priests and kings. But yes, it's, it is a process. Understand? It's a calling. It's a, I had a calling on my life to be a priest, to be a minister. Okay, but it's a process. It's a walk. Okay, and the scripture also says, do not despise small beginnings. So, embracing God's prosperity. I had to do it when when I was making $20,000 a year. I had to embrace what God's promises said about me in terms of financial deliverance. I had to speak it. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessing the city, blessing the field, blessed going in, blessed and going out. I used to have to decree it over my children when they were small and walk it out. What I did in private, God opened it and made it public. See? The scripture also says that whatever you do in the dark, it shall be brought to light automatically our minds are saying, oh man, that thing that I did. No, he's talking about your intimate walk with him. You know, do, pay attention to what you do. Don't, you know, don't do your alms before men to be seen of men, but what you do, do in private. And then I will exalt you. I will reward you openly. Amen? Amen. So my walk, our walk, you know, it has to be him, seeking him, seeking his heart, seeking his will, his way. And then understanding how he is. You know, I'm not going to have this false humility and, and, and then tell people, uh, 
I only like God because he's God. Well, just the fact alone that he's God says a lot about who he is. He's powerful. He's all-knowing. Okay? Heaven, heavens belong to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything on it and in it belongs to him. So, of course, we admire him because he's great. He's not good. He's great. He's exceedingly great. Okay? And he can do all that, that uh, we can ask or even think according to the power that works in us. So, again, I had to walk some things out. And me and my wife, you know, raising a family, you know, her homeschooling, my wife homeschooling, we had a word uh, in a church years ago, and the word was concerning real estate. <laughs> you know, uh, we had been hearing uh, prophetic words come forth from, the, from the, uh, the pulpit, from different men and women of God, and uh, a prominent man of God, he said, uh, you, you all need to establish streams of income. And so me and Tasha, we got together and we agreed upon that one of our streams of income will be real estate. Okay, and we were still renting at the time, but we received that word. And I tell you, things came against our life to discourage us in receiving that word. Okay, and there were seasons to where we moved off confessing God's word, confessing God's promises, and holding fast to them like we should have, you know, with, with great intensity. Okay, uh, but recently, uh, in the last few years, I'll say around 2010, I received some money, okay, from my corporation, and it allowed me to, to, um, it allowed me and my wife to go to class and start learning about real estate. And to be honest with you, when, I, when it was time for me to take the test for the real estate license, I failed. Okay? I failed. I missed that test by, the first time I took it, I, I, I missed by one, uh, one point. And it was very discouraging. Okay? But I, I stayed with it, and I took it again. And I failed again. Okay? And when I, take, when I took the test, when I took the test, I was like, I didn't understand it. Because everything we learned in school, I didn't see anything on that test <laughs> that we learned in school. You know? And I say that to say, uh, people of God, that in your life, in your own life, when you fail at something, it doesn't mean that you have not heard the voice of God yourself, okay? Because that's what's trying to, is that when you're pursuing God, you're doing everything that you believe you know how to, to, you know, bring him glory and to be obedient, to cooperate, all these wonderful things, and then things don't quite work out like you think they should work out, right? And so that's what I was going through, and that was around 2010, around in there, and, uh, you know, I would have to tell Tasha and then because we were planning. You know, we put a lot of money into this. We had things that we were going to start doing. We wanted to uh, free up our time for the kingdom because we believe real estate was going to be one of those things that would allow us to, to be free and, and enable us to do um, these things that we wanted to do for the Lord. Okay, so it was a very discouraging time. But again, got to hold fast to the promises of God. And then a few years later, my wife... Uh, 
Yeah, through, well, I didn't want to mention that part, but through Pam, I think Pam got her real estate license, which was very encouraging to us because we knew what, uh, what God had spoken to us about prosperity and about uh, provision and, and things of this nature. And uh, Pam spoke an encouraging word to Tasha, and I encouraged uh, Tasha, and Tasha's correcting me here. <laughs> she says, Lou, Brother Lou, amen. And Lou, amen. Glory to God. Brother Lou that went home to be with Jesus. Hallelujah. She spoke an encouraging word to her, and uh, she got her license, planted the seed, and before long, she's going to preach my sermon. By the way. <laughs> amen. Again, yeah, she could tell the story, planted the seed. I, you know, I, I got to be careful when I deal with other people because, you know, just like I shared something with you this last night, and, I, and you were like, don't say that, don't say that. I said, I said, it's too revealing, too revealing. But, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, so sometimes you, you can only say things in, in, in prayer and things of that nature, okay? But you guys get the idea, okay? And, and being in the body of Christ, you guys... It makes a big difference. Yeah. Having a pastor, having a man of God in your life that could say, you know, say this, say that, share with you his experience, it makes a big difference. And I believe a lot of people uh, in the body of Christ, they're hurt, you know, they're, they're discouraged, and they don't want nothing to do with the church. And, you know, the devil's just taking that and then turning that into a molehill. And then they, they, they vent, they put it on Facebook and things of that nature. But what I'm saying is that because... God didn't forget us and our desire, and he worked through women. Now, I could have been a man, you know, male chauvinist type mentality, like, oh, no, nah, you ain't supposed to have that license. It was me that's supposed to have my license. I want to be the provider and all this, you know, macho stuff. But I said, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. If God uses my wife uh-huh. and ladies to fulfill something that, that he's doing, all I could do is humble myself in the sight of the Lord and say it's a wonderful thing. And that's what it was. But because she did that, that enabled us to buy a house last November and stop paying rent, which we were paying thousands and thousands of dollars, money just going out of the window, right? But because we stood faithful, now we're harnessing that money, believing and standing on God's promises for us. Now that money could be going to interest-formed accounts to where we're generating wealth, finally, after a long time, you know? And, and that's, once again, the things that delay, that cause hindrances, is doubt. We got to get the doubt out, okay? We got to get the fear out. We have got to get the fear out. There's too much fear in the body of Christ. I don't want, you know, I don't know what this person's going to think or that person to think. Well, what does God think? Does God want you healed? Does God want you prosperous? Does God want you living in health and victory? Yes, 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 yes. He said it. He said it to us over and over again. Yes, yes, yes. And then we read scripture and we got to learn how to rightly divide the word. If you don't know how to do that, see a man of God who's been doing it for years and, and ask them what this says. What does this mean? Okay, but God's word, God's will for our life is nothing less than perfect. Okay, those things that come against us. Jesus said, yes, you will have trials. Yes, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Greater am I in you than, than in the whole world. In the whole world. 
And he is no respecter of persons. He didn't respect my person when he decided Tasha get the real estate license. He didn't even ask me. He didn't ask me. Amen. That's another thing. I mean, women, they got to see God in you, brothers. They got to see God in us. And let me, let, me, let, me throw a, let me throw a stone. Let me throw a stone my way, okay? There's not, there's not all the time that Tasha sees God flowing through me, okay? <laughs> she said, now I'm really preaching. <laughs> Be honest, right? That flesh, that flesh, right? That carnal man sometimes rises up. You know, things would get you upset. And that's a part of the plan of the enemy. We as men, we got to recognize when God, when, when Satan is trying to come with us, things ain't working. You know, you're getting frustrated. You're running out of money. You don't feel like a man. You know, uh, nobody listens to you. Whatever the case may be, we got to realize that that's the devil trying to work. Again, okay, dividing. Dividing. What is the will of God and what is the will of, of the devil? Amen. So he, he took the crown of thorns. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Hallelujah. That's beautiful. So body of Christ, we got to use the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. We got to use our, our weaponry against, against this, this enemy in these last days. Okay? Because the devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. Okay? All your suspicions, all your doubts about each other, that's got to go. It's got to go out the door. And every day you got to look up in the mirror and hold yourself accountable. Am I being all that you would have me to be, Lord? Am I being honest to you and sincere to you? You know, sometimes we're, we're, we're wondering about this person or that person. Well, God says, look, hey, you know, just look, look at yourself. Deal with, with what you got going on. Amen. Amen. He, he, he resists the proud but giveth grace unto the humble. Have you ever been so grateful? Have you ever asked yourself, Lord, you died on the cross for my sins. You died on the cross for my salvation so that I may live. You took the crown of thorns. You took the nails. You took the, the, uh, the beatings on the back. You endured the, the lashing of the whip. You, en- you endured the crown of thorns. You carried that cross through the, the Villa Dolorosa where you fell and the cross became very heavy. Have you ever asked yourself, Lord, what can I do to repay you? Have you ever asked yourself that? Rhetorical question. You don't have to respond. I have. You know, because my heart, it, it, it will fall on your heart and your heart will be moved into compassion. That's why the scripture says that he who believes that Jesus Christ is the son of God and I raise him from the dead, you know, that person will be saved. Believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth, that person will be saved. But God will answer. What can you do to repay me? Live a life triumphant over the devil. Live a life in victory. Live a life healed. For behold, I have given you power. I have given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. You are more than a conqueror through me. That's what we can do. Offer ourselves as a reasonable sacrifice unto him. Amen? Amen. 
Hallelujah. Amen. One man of God said that hearing from God is a stronghold of faith. Hearing God's voice is the stronghold of faith. There in the garden, before the, the crucifixion of, of Jesus, when, when, the Lord, when the Lord Jesus was, was, was communing with the Father, he heard God's voice on what to do. He knew what to do. That's why when it became very difficult for him to stand, he knew it was God's will. It was a part of God's will. And there will be times in our lives to where we may question God, wondering if it's his will. When, when Yeshua was in the wilderness, I'm sure he questioned, is it your will, Lord, that I'm here fasting for 40 days? Is it your will that he restrained himself for 40 days from water and, fruit and from food? didn't mean that Jesus did not hear from God, but God was preparing him. And in those stories, God tells us that sometimes you may hit a wilderness, you may hit a dry spot, but anything that you do for my glory, anything that you lose from my glory, you shall reap in this life a hundred, sixty, and thirty. Amen. Because if the thief be found stealing, command him to pay seven times. Proverbs chapter 6 teaches us. If God has called you, and if God has called the body of Christ the catalyst, will you say, no, Lord? That's not me. If he has called each and every one of us a catalyst, will we receive that word? If we, because we are born in a time such as this that has never been like a time before to where the body of Christ will see the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven coming, coming forth. Not the full manifestation, but we're living in that time. It is now. And if God has called you, if God has called me a catalyst, what he's saying is, I have called you to speed things up. Because in many instances, the body of Christ is moving at a snail's pace. And we're still over here being entertained, but we're not receiving. We're not moving out. We're not cooperating with, with the Spirit of God. We're still questioning. There's still this double-mindedness on what he has said about us over and over again before the foundations of the world. Forget about all the prophets that he's sent in the earth. He has decreed it before the foundations of the world, before the worlds were, worlds were, worlds were even formed in Ephesians chapter 1. But if he's called you and I a catalyst, receive that word. You are one that will speed the process up in your own life and in the body of Christ. What is the process? The process of, of salvation. The process of God's plan. 
And I just speak that right now. I speak that word. Whatever you believe in God for right now, I pray that the, the process is speed up right now. Hurriedly. Speedily. The process is speed up, speeding up right now. It's not hindered. It's not delayed. But it's coming forth in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever you're standing on the word of God for right now, we release the word as a catalyst to it right now. And all the promises have not gone away, but they're coming forth. So we speak restoration right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God is expecting us to act as a catalyst. Can you cue that word up for me, brother? Once again, hearing the voice of God is a stronghold of faith. We will, get, we will receive prophetic words in the house, uh, spoken words in the house, written words. The, the, the spoken word is the rhema word of God as it comes from a man of God, the rhema word. What God spoke to the man of God in this book, it, it was a rhema word, and he, writ, he wrote it down, it became a logos word, amen? Prophetic words, the words that Papa Ted gives, Tasha gives, prophetic words that come from this, this house. When he's operating in the prophetic, you have, to have, you have to have faith to receive it. Some people don't, they're not operating in faith, or they're not there, they're on a certain level, and they wonder why the word of the prophet didn't come to pass, because they're not in faith. So when the word comes forth, I enjoin the body of Christ to stay in faith for that person that's receiving the word. There's words that Papa Ted releases. I get them for myself because I know the word. I stand on the word and I believe the word. And when we believe the word, we, we will see fruit. We will see a manifestation. Amen. Just like we got our house. Just like she got her real estate license. Pa Pastor Tom had to stay on the word in building this church. He met at places he didn't want to meet. He met at places where he wasn't proud of, you know, but he stood on the word because he knew God had called him. He didn't waver. He didn't shake. He didn't have this double minded thing going on, but he stood on the word of God. OK, so where's my verse eight? Can you bump that up a little bit, Cody? My anointed technology man. OK, so and the third time. Okay, so this scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 3, okay, I'm going to lay a little uh, foundation because I don't, I don't want to read everything. Um, but Samuel was called to be a prophet of God, okay, and a prophet and a priest. And he served in the house of God with Eli. Eli was one of the first priests that Israel had. Okay, so, you know, technically speaking, Aaron was the first priest. Okay, but we can go before him and talk about Melchizedek. So that's some deep stuff. But Eli, Samuel, served in the house of the Lord. But what's interesting to note is that how did Samuel get there? We understand when we read Hebrews that now faith is... So wherever we are, we got to look at our faith. 
So how did Samuel end up in the house of God doing the work of God in the place of a prophet and a priest? He had a mother named Hannah that had faith. And her womb was barren. But she prayed a prayer, the prayer of faith. Oh, Father, just give me a son, and I will dedicate him to you. I will dedicate him to your service. She had that, that Abrahamic faith, you know, very serious. Had a lot of conviction in it. So the Lord heard what she had said. Amen. And that's why she called his name Samuel. Samuel means the Lord has heard. So Samuel, Samuel's words were precise. Samuel, this scripture is going to demonstrate that Samuel heard the voice of God. Okay. And the scripture also says in Samuel 3 verse 19 that not one of Samuel's words fell to the ground. So you can take that man seriously because he had that type of relationship. So a third time the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You call me? Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So what's taking place here is that it's time to go to bed. Samuel's in, in one room. Eli the priest, much older, uh, much more seasoned in the things of God, actually raising Samuel up to, to, uh, so he can do his priestly prophetic ministry. They're sleeping. And while they're yet sleeping, God is speaking. Can I get an amen? amen. While they're yet sleeping, God is speaking. Okay? And so the scripture also teaches is that Samuel didn't really know the voice of God. He was in the temple doing all the work. Doing the work. Right? You know, Eli said, do this. He said, do, he did it. Whatever he did, he was doing the work. Right? He didn't know the voice of God himself. He was a boy. He was a kid. I don't blame him. When I was a kid, I didn't really listen to my mother's voice, let alone God's voice, right? Give him a break. Okay, so, yeah, he was, he was in the temple, though, because mama had dedicated him to the Lord. Do the, do the work of the Lord. If, if the guy tells you to do this, do this. If the guy tells you to wash the windows, wash the windows. He was doing all these things. Okay, so... He's tripping out because he's there sleeping, and the Lord, the Lord is calling his name, but he doesn't, he can't discern it, okay? And I'm, I and trust you, I, I mean, Eli is, is in the bed, tired, he's old, you know, he's probably tired of doing priestly work, any kind of work, and it's time for him to, to, to rest and to get some sleep. But this boy is tripping, okay? He's going into Eli. Hey, did you call me? What do you want? And Eli perceived. Scripture said Eli perceived. Speak, Lord. For, he says, go and lie down. If he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in this place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at other times. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it about to tingle. And at that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke to his family. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. Yeah, you can take that down. Thank you. 
Now, what I want to emphasize there is that Samuel was in a position to hear the voice of God. He was in a posture. He was already dedicated. The Lord already knew him. You know, the Lord caused his birth to come forth. Hannah had prayed a prayer of faith. The Lord honored the prayer of faith. So the Lord had something to do for Samuel. And you can read it. You can read the story when you get home. And what he chose the child to do, it was tough. You know, it was tough. It was challenging, especially for a, a child, a young child to do, to give that word, that, that uh, prophetic word, that word from the voice of God. But if you read the scripture, he was faithful and gave the word of God. He was faithful. He cooperated and did what God would have him to do. And when God chose Samuel, he didn't, he didn't respect his person. He didn't respect the fact that he was a kid because God already knew. God had full confidence on who Samuel was and who Samuel was going to do. And, and later on, you can read that God used Samuel to bring the glory back to Israel because the priests and the prophets, they were involved in self-indulgence. Okay, so yeah, you can go a little bit too far to the left, a little bit too far from the right. The Bible encouraged us to, 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 be, to be just, you know, to have a just uh, a balance to certain things. Don't be so extreme in certain times. But that's what they were doing, and Samuel was faithful in delivering that, that hard word whether he was a child. And we also say in the body of Christ that there is no junior Holy Spirit. You know, there is no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no male, there's no female, there's no bond, there's no free, but all become one in who? Yeshua. So if, if God has called us a priest, and he has, will you tell God, no, I'm not a priest? If the book of Peter calls us a royal priesthood, will you argue with God and say, no, I'm not a priest? Will you? Will you tell God, no, I'm not that? Did Samuel tell God no? Or did, did, did Samuel say, your servant heareth? Your son, your son heareth. Right? God, what can I do to repay you? You've died on the cross for my sin. You took the beatings of the whip. You were crucified with nails so that I can be free. But if God calls you, you're a priest. No, uh, that's not the Lord, but it's in the written word. You're a royal priesthood. Well, what does that mean? That means you stand in between God and the people. 
you are now a deliverer, filled with power, filled with the Holy Spirit, and you can forgive sins and transgressions by the authority of Jesus Christ. You can deliver, because that's what a priest does. You can deliver, get people to the other side, get people into the kingdom of heaven. So if God calls you and I priest, are we going to say, no, we're not? I'm a woman. I'm a kid. I'm Italian. I'm black. I'm white. I'm Jewish. But he's talking to each and every one of us individually today. And he's got a word. And it's speaking, and it's going forth, and it's destroying false ideas, lies. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? <laughs> Ain't gonna, man, nothing going to stop this. Nothing's going to stop this from manifesting the Lord's will. A lot of people, let me go political for a minute. A lot of people thought get Donald Trump going into the White House was a joke before it happened. They laughed at him. They mocked him. Oh, yeah, he, he became president. Oh, it's not so funny now. Now he's changing laws, just like the book of Daniel says. You know, but the laws are starting to be in the, in the favor of the body of Christ. Because it is kingdom time. And everything that we do for the kingdom of heaven at this time will manifest and bear much fruit. So I'm saying go forward. Be strong. Be of good courage. Do not fear. Get the fear out. Be bold in your walk. Hear the voice of God, what, it, what he says to do and do. And do not doubt. Because we are now in the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven age right now. What does that mean? What does the digital age mean? What does digital mean when people use that term digital? It means that it is out of the realm of time as we know it. What did the angel say in Revelations 10 and 6? Time as we know it, we shall know it no more. Time as we know it, we've been under sin. A lot of people talk the end time stuff, the end times, the end times. Yeah, it's the end of the devil's time. It's the end of the devil's time. He's being moved out of here. Moved out. God is closing his world out. He's done. This gospel message, Jesus said that greater work we shall do. Okay, dealing with technology. I can send a message of salvation over the internet. I can hit Saudi Arabia. I can hit Africa. I can hit the Philippines in less than a second with the word of God. Did Jesus do that? Did he do it? He couldn't. It wasn't time. Time as you know it, you would know it no more. God is speeding up the process. He's using revelation, the rhema word, spoken word, prophetic word, the digital word of God, on the, online, on videos, on TV. The process is speeding up. And once again, it's going to have exponential effect in the earth. So body of Christ, don't be on the sidelines watching this thing took place. When you are called and you are chosen and you are set apart to do something so beautiful, so, something so specific for the Lord, when all you have to do is get in the right place and, and hear what God is saying to you. He wants to commune with you. 
He wants to talk to you. He wants to share with you, not just Brother Ben, Pastor Tom. Once again, there is no junior Holy Ghost. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. Is living on the inside of me. Same power, same anointing. You know, what measure of faith do we have? The Bible says, you know, do not despise small beginnings. You know, when I was, when I was praying, when I was believing for, for my career years ago to be successful at, at what I did in electronics and, 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 and computers and, and repair, there was a time in my life to where I had to believe God that I would actually get a job doing what I did. And it happened. You know, worked for great companies, seen wonderful things. And one of the great things about it is that when you're in a company, uh, uh, a Fortune 500 company, and someone with, with power and authority recognizes who you are, and you're in a luncheon with the company, and they ask you to pray, some of you may say, well, that's nothing. Well, if you rewind the years, a few years back to where I was believing just to get a job, standing on God's word just to get a job, you know, outside of starting Bibles, uh, in the corporation, being somewhat radical for the Lord because I know what the Lord did for me, you know, and I wanted to demonstrate my appreciation for him. You know, if I... If I did certain things being a Muslim and God delivered me from that, then I, I'm definitely going to live a life to where, you know, I'm going to I'm going to witness for Jesus and I'm going to be consistent in my walk, not just on Sunday, not just on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but I'm going to live every day for Jesus. When you when you come to my house, you're going to see me living for Jesus. Amen. It's not going to look like a different picture. It's not going to look like a different story. It's not going to look like I'm contradicting myself. But seven days a week, 365 days a year, I want to live for the Lord. Amen. There was another time I worked for a company and strife broke out. There was a lot of Middle Eastern Muslims working there. And they, they decided they all wanted to, they were Muslims, they all wanted to... Stop the production line and go and pray. How many of y'all know the company did not like that? Because that's taking money out of their production, out of their bottom line. So what did they do? They saw a man. They recognized a man. And they asked me, would you come and speak to these people? And I spoke. The word of the Lord went forth. It was done. The strife was gone. Amen? So what I'm saying is what we do in secret, God will bring it forth. Again, I used to decree, Tasha decreed over our, our kids, our children, until one day, private school graduation. Can you pray at the graduation? I said, sure. First time, it was before hundreds of people. And once again, you know, 
the flesh could have said, that's nothing. But it's an opportunity to minister. It's an opportunity to share my faith. And of course, fear will come in. Will I mess up the words? Will I remember what to say? Will I fall while I'm walking up to the stage? You know? The world is the stage, everybody. And if we're doing what, and and if we're cooperating with what God wants us to do, there's greater things that he wants to do through us for his glory. To encourage people, to inspire people, to let people know that he's real. That he still speaks to people. That he's still moving through people that pray and that believe and that will take him at his word. He's working. He's working now. And it's so wonderful to behold. You know, people are, are being delivered from debt. People are being delivered from sicknesses. People are being delivered from cancers. Her father got delivered from a, a, a terrible diagnosis, you know, because we refuse to believe a different report. This sickness is stubborn. It's like a stronghold. Well, you got to be more stubborn. I get manifestations in my body, but I refuse to, I refuse to believe them. I'm not going to believe a different report. I'm going to believe what the Lord's report says. We shall believe the report of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.